you know a lot of people do things on purpose. They really, really do. Have you ever done anything on purpose? Well, let me... Yeah, Chad, I woke up this morning. Okay, let me rephrase it just a minute. Have you ever done anything mean on purpose? I see some nods. I see some smiles. I see some wags of the head, some pursing of the lips. <laughs> As a, You know, ask a child... Ask a child, if you've been around a child any length of time, why did you do that? I didn't do it on purpose. What do you hear? I did it on accident. Right. I did it on accident. I purposely did it on accident. (laughs) That's what a lot of children say. (laughs) Did you do this? Why did you do this? You know, there's a dangerous attitude in the church today that you may not be affected by. You may not be affected by this, but many are. There are many in the church affected by this, by this dangerous attitude. Those who are affected are generally affected in, in one of two ways. They're, they're either ignorant or they're arrogant. Ignorant or arrogance. Ignorance or arrogance. Many are ignorant of God's grace and believe they can, they can sin on purpose and they then be forgiven later because they just don't know the Scriptures. They don't know what God says. And many are just arrogant. And once they're baptized, they say, hey, well, I'm saved now. Let's go sin. On purpose. Sinning on purpose. Believing that the rules do not apply to them. You believe it? You believe people are acting that, but they are. It's a problem in the church. It really is. Many believe, and it's a, it's a major problem in the church. Many believe they can sin on purpose, and they'll have time. They'll have time to repent. They'll have time to ask God for, for forgiveness after they've sinned. Can we sin on purpose? Well, Paul talks a lot about sin in Romans. If you would please turn your Bibles to the book of Romans. Paul talks a lot about sin in Romans and says that we, we cannot live this way. We cannot continue to live in sin once we are a Christian. In chapter 1, Paul writes that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, verse, verse 18. And in chapter 2, verse 6, it says, God will render to each one according to the deeds in this life. And in chapter 3, verse 23, Paul states, All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But, but chapter 4, the whole chapter talks about, talks about a promise that was made to Abraham that we as Christians are a part of. We're part of this, this promise made to Abraham. We're a part of it. And in chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, we can be justified. We can be made right with God because chapter 5 verses 20 and 21 where there is sin there's also God's grace but Paul anticipates the next question he anticipates the next question chapter 6 verse 1 Paul anticipates the next question he says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound this is the hey I'm saved let's go sin attitude 
that's so prevalent even in the church today. It was prevalent in Paul's day and it was prevalent, it's prevalent in the church in the 21st century as well. Hey, I'm saved. Let's go sin. I've got God's grace. What does it matter? I can do what I want to do. I can live how I want to live. I'm saved. It doesn't matter. Notice verse 2. This idea is repulsive to Paul. Certainly not, Paul says. No. No, you can't can't do that. So many in the world... today believe that they can they can just walk out of here and sin on purpose and God's okay with that Paul sees this as as either ignorant or arrogant he sees it as an ignorant or arrogant attitude and this ignorant or, or arrogant attitude whichever one it is is absurd as well as it should be to all Christians And Paul in Romans chapter 6, he gives four reasons why no, we cannot live this way. We cannot continue to live. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, Paul says in verse 2, the reason we died to sin. How, How can we live in sin? How can we live any longer in sin? Verse 3, writing to Roman Christians, Paul, Paul, Paul explains that when you were baptized into Christ... When you became a Christian, when you were baptized into into Christ, you were baptized into His death and buried with Him through baptism. This shows baptism is a burial. And like Jesus, after we were buried in baptism, we were raised, it it says here, notice, to a new life, not a life of sin. That person died. In baptism... One, look, verse 5, in baptism, one becomes united with, with Christ. In the likeness of his death, it says, in the likeness of his resurrection. The old man, verse 6, the old man's gone. The old man's gone. And we, like slaves, verse 7, have been set free. Verses, verses 8 through 10, we've been set free from this. Set free from death. Look, death no longer has control over Jesus. And because it has no longer control over Jesus, it no longer has control over those baptized into Jesus. So, since we have this, do we continue to sin so that this grace, this this free gift can be given even more? No, Paul says, no. Verse 11, because in Christ we are alive to God. And if we're alive in Christ, we can't let sin reign in our body, verse 12. And just do what we want to do. Verse 13, we are alive from the dead and our bodies are to be used as tools for good. You know, with a shovel, if I had a shovel up here, you know, I could do a lot of good with a shovel. I could. I could do a lot of good with a shovel. I could plant flowers for, for Dana with a shovel if I wanted to, you know. But I could also use that shovel for, I, you know, I could take that shovel and kill somebody and bury them with it. It's a tool. It's just a tool. It can be used for, for good or, or for, you know, this computer, this computer, 
I've got the information of the world at my fingertips with this computer. I can do so much good. I can, I can email you when you're sick and, and you can email me back that you're feeling better. And, you know, I can, I can uh, go on websites that teach me and, and how, to, how to live and what the Bible says and even deeper and deeper. I mean, there's so much here. But with this right here, I can use it to just do awful things, terrible things. We're tools. We're tools. We can be used for good. We can use ourselves for evil. Our bodies are tools to be used for good or for evil. And as Christians, we have freedom. We're not like the Jews, verse 14. We're not like the Jews under the law. We're under grace. Yet freedom is not a license to sin. This freedom is not a license to sin. But shall we continue to sin that we can get more grace, that grace may abound? Certainly not. No, verses 15 and 16. Because we are slaves to whatever we obey. Sin leads to death, it says. Obedience to righteousness. Sin and obedience, death and righteousness. Each can rule over you. Who is your master? Which one of these is your master? Who are you a slave to? Verse 17, verse 17, thank God you are a Christian and you obeyed that form of doctrine. You obeyed that, that form of teaching found in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. You were baptized into Christ. Now you're set free from sin and, and living right as your new master. That's who your master is now. But if I'm a Christian and recognize that I've returned to my old master, my old master of sin... What do I do? What can I do? Verse 19, look at this, notice. Just as you lived a life of sin, which leads to more sin, right? So now, start living a good life, a holy life. Repent, basically, it's a long way of saying repent. Stop doing the things that you were doing and start living a good life, a clean life, a righteous life. Oh, how this is so hard for folks, though. And then a Christian, they'll repent. They'll turn away from that life of sin. And they'll think, oh, now I'm clean now. I've reloaded now. I can go right back out there and sin again, can't I? No, certainly not. Certainly not. You can't live that way. Why? It's dangerous. Why? Well, verse 23, the wages, what you get paid for sin, the wages is, well, it's death. Sin in this life is hard. Then you die. Verse 20 and 21 tells of a slave of sin. Ain't you ashamed to be a slave of sin? Ain't you shameful? Slave of sin. Child of God, ain't you ashamed? What do you have to show for it? Nothing, he says. Nothing but but shame. But, verses 22 and 23, but you're going to turn this thing around, aren't you? You're going to turn this thing around. You've You've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. You've got something to be proud of. You've got something to be excited about. Eternal life. 
It's God's gift to you. If, if, condition, if, you're in Jesus Christ our Lord. Who is your master? Who is your master? Are you in Christ? Is righteousness your master? Make sure. Make sure. If you don't have any doubts, if you've got any doubts, make sure who your master is. If you've been sinning on purpose, now is a good time to confess your sins to God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He'll forgive you. He's faithful and just. He'll, he'll forgive you. That didn't, that didn't mean that you've just reloaded and you're, you can run right back out there and just keep on doing the same old sin over and over and over again. No. Didn't mean you're reloaded and ready to jump back on the sin bus. Or maybe you don't know. Maybe, maybe you're, you're ignorant. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not calling you a name. Maybe you just don't know whether or not you're in Christ. Be sure. Don't, don't leave today without being sure that you're in Christ or not. You can be sure of this today by Romans chapter 6. Look back. Romans chapter 6, being baptized into Christ and, then, and being buried with Him through baptism into death and raised to walk a new, sin-free, grace-filled life. You become God's slave. Are you ready? Do this on purpose as together we stand and sing.